Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology. My name is Rex Ogle, author of Free Lunch, and I'm stoked to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called Historia Sobre Mi, Stories About Me. And what I really don't have time for is making time for self-care, but I'm learning to make time, and so should you. Kyra Ruda is the author of The Next Wife. She is a USA Today and international best-selling, multiple award-winning author of contemporary fiction that explores what goes on beneath the surface of seemingly perfect lives. Her domestic suspense novels include The Next Wife, The Favorite Daughter, and Best Day Ever. Her next novel, Somebody's Home, is out in January 2022. To date, Kyra's novels have been translated into more than 10 languages. Welcome, Kara. Thank you so much for coming on Mom's Show. Time to read books to discuss both Somebody's Home and The Next Wife. You've got, you're just like cranking out the books over here. I know. <laughs> it's kind of a problem. <laughs> I think it's a pandemic problem. I just, I like, you know, my kids all came home and we were just in here and I would come up to my office and just write about other people's stories <laughs> to get yeah. away from it. 
if you can't if you can't move your body, you might as well get your mind out. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> In other places. Well, let's start with somebody's home. Why don't you tell listeners what it's about? It's coming out January 18th, correct? Yeah, that's funny. I haven't even really talked about it yet because it's, you know, kind of this, uh, yeah. So anyway, but I think the the whole story starts, it's kind of centered around a house, somebody's home, and one family's moving out and another family is moving in. And everybody has their own reasons for leaving and staying and, and changing their lives around. But it's, I think it was during the pandemic and it was kind of the whole notion of home should be a safe place and what happens when it's not. And there's kind of a 20 something guy who has grown up in this house and he lives in the carriage house and he doesn't care who moves in. He's, he's decided it's going to be his home. So it's kind of a, I I guess, I don't even know how to describe it. No, you're right. He does not want to move. He's like not happy at all that his, you know, his step parent and parent and the other kid, you know, his half siblings are moving out and they're in a new home and it has no room for him. And, you know, it doesn't matter that he's in his twenties. It's like, you know, it's a rude awakening nonetheless. So yeah, he's not a happy camper. It sounds like. Not a happy camper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, I mean, it really was kind of that time during the pandemic where you just, you were at your house and and thinking about like, what if you didn't have a safe place to be in? So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was funny too, in this book, you said, and she loves to play the victim. And for sure, she's had a great experience with that over the years. I'm not going to curse, but you said, my dad's a something a lot of the time. Look, honey, I'm getting a divorce. I bought my first house and I'm going to make it fabulous. Can you please cheer me on just a little? And then you say, are you trying for the for real housewives again, I ask? Dad kept her from doing the reality TV show last time. Now there's nothing to stop her. And I also thought this was so funny because Jill Zarin is the one who introduced us. So this was perfect. <laughs> I know, my little nod to Jill. I know, she's nod so Nod to Jill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I just got, got to see her and I, it probably like triggered some like desperate housewife or real housewives kind of thing because she's just, she's so great and so like just open and and out there in the world. And I think that's what people see and that my character wants to be that person too. Oh, I love it. And also, why don't you plug the next wife as well? I mean, you've got so many books. I mean, the signs in behind you. I mean, there's so many. You just, yeah. anyway, next wife. Well, the next wife in this story was kind of, I had fun with it because it's, it's a story of two strong women and kind of the man that's in between them. So it's the first wife and the second wife. And what I wanted to do with what was, you know, kind of a typical trope was uh, see if perhaps the power could stay with the first wife in some ways. So Kate is really strong. She's created a business. She and John, her husband, have built it and run it. And then everything's going perfect. They're launching an IPO, except for the fact that John has fallen in love with his administrative assistant and married her. Her name's Tish. And so that's the wrinkle in Kate's <laughs> otherwise definitely perfect. Definitely always thing. a wrinkle when your husband <laughs> yeah. falls in love with somebody else. Definitely yeah, a wrinkle. And, and when you meet them all, they're just all together in the same conference room about to announce the IPO. So there's a lot of tension there, let's just say. Yeah. Interesting. Wait, so tell me, let's back up. How did you get started writing and how do you, particularly this kind of book and all of it? Like, <laughs> I know. I Yeah. I, I mean, Where did least, you grow up? Like, where are you from? <laughs> how did we get here? What is my story? Well, okay, I'll try to, you know, make it a short story. But I grew up all over the place. My dad was a professor. And so I was born in married student housing at Northwestern where he got his PhD. And then my sister was born at USC. My brother was born at UT Austin. And we got our first pet at Harvard. And then we ended up at Ohio State. So I kind of feel like I've lived everywhere. I went to college in Vanderbilt in the Southeast. So I've kind of a 
person who's lived everywhere, I guess. I always wanted to be an author from third grade on when I wrote to Robert McCloskey and said he was blueberries for Sal and make way for ducklings. And I wrote to him and uh, he wrote back and said, well, good luck to you. I'm an illustrator, not an author. <laughs> Better choose next time. So that kind of illustrates the publishing career. I think it's just, you know, <laughs> like that. But I, I did that too. I wrote letters to authors too. Did I think, yeah, I, it was like, anyway. I don't know. Now people can just go on Instagram, but yes. Yeah, I know. It's great because it was like, yeah, they're like celebrities to me. So then I went to college for English, but I never had the courage to get a byline, you know, write anything for anybody else. I always wrote for myself, went into journalism and got my first bylines, kind of got the confidence there. But then I always wanted to kind of be Darren Stevens of Bewitched as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to be the magic person. I wanted to be the one like creating. So I went into the advertising world, ended up running a a vice president marketing for, you know, all that glass ceiling stuff, super fun. And uh, for a national carpet cleaning company, ironically, and then had to sue them for gender discrimination, sexual harassment. So while I was on the sidelines, I started finally trying to write my novel, which, you know, is a long process. My husband and I started a business then and built it, a franchise business to 22 states in residential real estate. And I was able to kind of show real estate people that women make or control 91% of all purchase decisions in the housing space. And back then that was like, I poppy, even though the entire industry was run by women. I mean, women were like 60% of the brokers, but all the, all the bosses were still men. Anyway, so I would go around and use consumer terms like she and her, and people would be like, what? <laughs> anyway, so it was kind of nice. It was, it was fun to kind of change the mindset of an industry. So we created Real Living and then sold it to... Brookfield in Canada. And then they changed all the GMAC franchises to real living. So all of a sudden it was this huge brand. And then they didn't need me anymore because I'm in branding. And so then I finally wrote my first novel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and quite well, Actually, I, I wrote a business book first for women entrepreneurs. And that was called Real You Incorporated, Eight Essentials for Women Entrepreneurs. And then I went on a little speaking tour and I would talk to women and say, it's time to put your passion into action, make your dreams come true. And I realized I hadn't done that yet. So that's when I started writing. Okay. Wow. Sorry, that was long. <laughs> no, it was not long. No, that's great. You wrote the, you wrote what you needed to hear yourself. I feel like people I often think, do that, right? Like they say, write the book you need. And I know. You I think so. Even though I never thought about writing a business book, like that's what my dad did. So yeah, it was, yeah. So anyway, everything turned out great. And of course it was a seamless road to publishing. Everything went perfectly. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Yeah. So then I, I, I've done like everything I've done, hybrid publishing, self-publishing, you know, I've, I've done it all, which has been, you know, I think that's part of the process too. And it's been kind of a great journey of learning because if you when you see it from all different sides, you also kind of build your knowledge base and, and comfort with what's right for you and what's a good fit. So anyway, all in all, I think things do work out the way they're supposed to. And I've been super happy writing domestic suspense because it's just what I really like. And I, I realized the first novel I ever wrote was domestic suspense or whatever this is called, psychological <laughs> thrillers. And so when I had kind of found myself in women's fiction, which I liked that as well, that my first three novels were women's fiction. But while my agent was reviewing like this kind of sweet women's fiction series that we were working on, the idea for best day ever popped in my head. And I wrote Paul and he's a creepy character. And, you know, I sent it to her like, Two weeks later, it came out really fast. I'm like, okay, I got this idea. And she's like, oh, I don't read those. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) 
know what? Plot twist. Yeah. So then I sent it to my beta reader and she's like, this is the best book you've written. You've got to make her read it. And so then I went back and begged my agent to read it and she did and she loved it. And then I got my first big publishing deal, which was really fun. Oh my yeah. gosh. Do you still work with the same agent? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it, that's the other thing. Like, I just think I love my agents now love this space and domestic suspense. And I think again, you know, it all works out for the way it's supposed to be, but yeah, I, I think it's important to have an agent who loves what you love too, likes to read what you write. <laughs> it likes that space and appreciates it. So that's, yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy that I have that now. Good. Yes, yeah. you need an agent in your corner. For yes, sure. yeah, helps for when sure. they like to when they like to read when they like to read the kind of yeah. books you write. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take for you to write a book? Okay, so my friend said you should say a lifetime because it's all your experiences. Because <laughs> I was I I kind of I'm a fast writer, so I'll you know get a draft in a few months usually down, but uh, then that makes people go, oh, that's weird. So so now I'm like. I don't know. Just, I mean, I don't think it's weird. It's okay. (laughs) It just kind of depends. I think on the story too. Some, some stories like just burst into like somebody's home, for example, just burst into my head and like the characters were there and I'm a pants. Don't tell my agents I'm a pantser, even though now I have to pretend to be a flutter because they want to see an outline. So I'll usually just write the whole book and then go back and outline it. (laughs) Let's see if they like it. That, that's how we're working right now. But anyway, somebody's home just came out really fast and furious. And then other books like The Next Wife, she was in my head, both the characters, first Kate, the first wife. And then all of a sudden I thought it would be just her perspective the whole way through. And then Tish is like, no, no, I have some things to say. The second wife. And then the daughter, Ashlyn, wanted to have some words as well. And she's a strong woman. But then through the process, my agents didn't think Ashlyn needed to have a say the daughter and so they cut her out so then on submission my publisher came back my editor and she's like you know we really need to hear from the daughter I'm like I agree (laughs) so you know things like that happen where I mean the the whole story idea was kind of there and in the world but you know the process it goes through can take a while a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what books have downloaded themselves fully formed into your head lately? Or like, what are you working on now? What are you, what are you toying with? 
Yeah. So right now I am in developmental edits for my book that comes out next November or yeah, like soon. <laughs> is this another this coming? No, November. What? November 2022. I know. Well, okay. I told you this is like a pandemic creativity boom. So anyway, this one is called the widow's mandate. And so I'm working on the rewrite for this. It's my first one set in Washington, DC. And it's about, <laughs> I think that thing is when a cheating congressman's demise allows his wife to take over his congressional seat or something like that. So anyway, it's it's fun. My uh, husband ran, ran for Congress and it was in office for two years. He's running again to try to get back in. But it was just such a fun experience to see Washington from that side. So I, I think that kind of <laughs> Like this would be a great place to set this suspense story. So I just finished Hillary Clinton's new book with Louise Penny, and now I feel like I know all about DC in a whole new way. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I haven't read that yet, but yeah, it is. It you know, it's just it's it's whole. It's the whole enchilada is just it's a whole culture. That yeah, yeah, and and I was you know peering inside it for like a year and a half before the pandemic. And the, yeah, and there's some great things about it. And then there's some just a lot of tradition and a lot of, yeah, I guess it's traditions. And especially when it comes to the spouses, their roles and how they're, you know, because it traditionally was almost all women and now that's changing. And yeah, it's it's an interesting time. So how into houses are you? Like actual houses? Like, do you go to open houses? I mean, I know this, you know, this somebody's home, it sort of takes place when a, when, a, when a house was sold. I personally am like obsessed with going to open houses and like love new houses and all of that stuff. So I was just curious what your, how as you felt about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, well, and plus being in the real estate business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, years, you sold too. the whole business. For yeah. 20, yeah. Marketing houses. And I mean, I, and I like, I like open houses. I also like just Zillow, Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, perusing neighborhoods. I often use real estate websites to pick my houses for my characters. I think Ooh, that's interesting. Really yeah. So like somebody's home. Yeah. And then, and then I'll, you know, just change them around and stuff, but at least it gives me a visual of where they might want to live or, or what the neighborhood's like. I, I, I like doing that too. But yeah, around here it's been, we live in Laguna beach and we, <laughs> I guess the history of this neighborhood, there's no inventory everything's sold. So there aren't any open houses right now around here because the the market's been so hot and I know it has been everywhere. It's just, it's such a crazy time, but yeah, I love it too. I love, I have my architectural digest magazines and I always rip things out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big home person too. There's just something about also the possibility. That's why I think it's so great. You used it for fiction and for, especially for suspense, because just this idea that like your most personal possession was just somebody else's most personal possession. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, it's, it's, it's like, I can't believe even here, like somebody else used to like be sitting at my desk and it looked different, but, you know, right. I don't even know that person. And right. it's just crazy. I mean, this sounds ridiculous. I'm sorry. But no, no, I agree. I mean, I think there is the, and, and the whole presence of the people before you is still there. I mean, it's still yeah. there. There's a family with eight children in this, in our house that we bought from them, you know, 10 years ago. And I mean, I still walk around and like, cause we have four kids and, and, you know, it was plenty for that, but eight is a lot in any house. And yeah, you do. I, I, I always think of that. I still think about, they had like ramps in the courtyard and like little miniature. <laughs> courses. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it how is. Old are, how old are your kids? Oh gosh, they're all in their twenties. So we're like empty nesting right now. That's why I have three dogs. 
<laughs> filling, filling the house with dogs until, you know, the next phase. But yeah. are they excited about your like second whole big writing career here after everything else? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my daughter is, she's a screenwriter, so she, she'll read my books and she also helps me with like teenage girl dialogue. I'll run things by her, make sure it sounds like not stupid. And so she does, she works with me and we've written a couple treatments for, you know, like a couple of the novels together. So that's been really fun. I don't think the boys have read any of my books. So <laughs> my three sons someday they'll, I don't know, want to sit down and do that, but right now they haven't. Oh yeah. my gosh. But they're like, go mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice having kids give them something to cheer about. You know, I don't know. I feel like for so long I was just like cheering for them all the time. Like, yay, this pretend little soccer award that everybody gets in the class. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, and yeah. now all of a sudden, like, there there are things for both of us. I don't know. It's just nice to. Well, and I I do like I I feel like that's what I I wrote a lot about that in my book for women entrepreneurs, but I mean, bottom line is kids want a happy mom and whatever fulfills you. But if it's, if it's not fulfilling to be doing that soccer thing. And I mean, I've done all that as well. Like to me, it wasn't quite enough. Like I always had to have something continue in my career, even even if it was just freelance writing or something that was my own as well. But yeah, I agree. And as long as you're happy doing what you're doing, then your kids are like thriving. Yeah. Although my daughter's like, you know, doesn't like it when I'm ever busy. But, you know, what kid does, right? I'm like, I'm, you know, like you were busy two minutes ago. Like, what? anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. Well, I mean, there's, that's there's, the you can't win. <laughs> well, but, but what you're modeling there is, is that, you know, patience and like all those other things that don't necessarily just come about by them seeing you having a focus other than just them all the time. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, I really do think it's important. And anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're very proud. Oh, <laughs> but just to have something. I mean, I feel like even when they were little, I, I mean, I did do freelance writing and all this other stuff, but I just, I don't know. I guess even if I had like done crochet or I don't know, if I just had something I was like producing that I was really proud of or something on a regular basis. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that's important because you can, it's really easy, as you know. <laughs> moms don't have time to lose yourself in your kids and your family and all of that. And I I call it caring about the curtains because when you start caring a lot about the curtains, (laughs) you probably have too much time on your hands or you're not, you know, finding something that could be a little bit bigger, helping others. I mean, the other thing is just giving back. I just started working at the food pantry again because yeah, COVID and all that stuff. And it's so reward, like the, whenever you give to others, you're, you just get it back two, three times. And it's, it's just, I don't know, I come back and I feel so happy to have done something tangible for somebody else that morning, Thursday morning. So it's also that sense of feeling connected to the larger world. Like when you give back and, you know, you're a part of something and sometimes if you're just in your house all day or like, you know, hanging out in the, (laughs) in the carriage house, you know, forget what else is out there. So I don't know. exactly. What advice would you have for aspiring authors? Gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I tell this, I have a son who's a singer songwriter with Sony and I have a daughter who's a screenwriter. So I tell them as I would tell anybody that the only way you won't make it is if you give up because then you won't, but if you just keep going and keep 
putting out your best content and, and keep, you know, and, and be flexible and be able to pivot. If you're, you know, if you're hitting the wall too many times and maybe it's time to pivot what you're writing or try something new to pitch, but really there, if I had given up, I would never be here. And, and that's really it. You just keep writing until something hits and you, you get, you, you get that. And then, you know, that's the thing with life too. Like I'll never forget going to BEA in New York and seeing this big poster of best day ever, like hanging like six stories. It felt like at the Javis center, right? Oh my gosh. And I like had that moment where I'm like, Oh my gosh. And this guy who was signing people up for like American express cards is like, are you okay? I'm like, that's my book. He's like, Oh my God. And so, you know, like that Aww. moment, right. Of like actually having your dreams come true, but then then you got to make a new one, right? Because that's like, like I never imagined that that would happen. And then it's like, wow, I can, I gotta, I gotta get another dream going, right? So that's a that whole thing I think that makes life fun is not giving up and sticking with it. When I first went into the BEA in the Javits Center and saw those flags, I, I thought I had like died and gone to heaven. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, like for a book lover to go in there, and I, oh. I know they're not having book expo anymore and all that, and or at least not for a while. I don't know, but oh my gosh. So I just, it was amazing. It was amazing. It just, really was. It's like, you know, I don't know what, whatever the, like the pinnacle of like book dreams are, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Like the Oz or something anyway. Yeah. Well, and I, I do, I think that because there's so many rejections and so many, it, it's just, a, it's a hard business and it's hard to keep going if you can't find it in yourself and you just need to, and, and it is lonely because you're in your house and writing for solo. And then like, if you're like me and you don't outline, then you end up with these wacky notes. Oh my gosh. Look at those. I know I just had a two hour call with my editor for the developmental edit. And I'm like, ah, okay. So, yeah. You know, but it's, but it's all, then I tell myself, actually my daughter taught me this. She's like, mom, these are all these people caring about your words and they're trying to help you make them better. So don't get pouty. Just get back in there. I'm like, you are so right. You're so right. So yeah. Anyway. And that every book, that every book is not just the author being like, here you go, but that everyone has input and keeps oh, yeah. continually improving, right? So, so much collaboration and so much, yeah, just, I mean, even like the cover design and like everything that goes into making a story come alive. It's, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool, scary, hard <laughs> The fun process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, then you got to sit around and wait for reviews of this thing that you've worked on forever. And then people come out and just one star it or this other Kirkus just reviewed somebody's home today. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I missed that. This is my favorite pull quote ever. Okay. Whatever the opposite of family values is, Ruta seems intent on perfecting a genre that enshrines it. <laughs> Wow. Oh, well, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what my people are doing. Yeah. So that's my first, you know, cause you get them and you're like, Oh no, I can't open that. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, oh. that's exciting. Well, yeah. You're even reviewed is exciting. I mean, you're a big yes. deal, but you know, it's yeah, no, exciting. no, it's great. Yeah. But I'm, I'm clearly enshrining the opposite of family values. <laughs> Although I think there's redemption in them as well. So I won't hopefully. tell Dan Quayle wherever he is these days. But do you remember that, what I'm talking about? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kara, thank you so much. Thank you to Jill Zarin for introducing us if you're oh, listening. You. And Thanks, I'm delighted to have met you. And hopefully I'll see you in LA one of these days. Yeah, yeah. I'd love that. Because I know I was just gone when you were here. And oh, that's right. ships crossing in the night. But I'm usually always here at my house <laughs> writing stories. <laughs> thank All you right. so much, Zibby. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. 
thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 